Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's- is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. That's right, The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott with you on a game day for the Utah Jazz. Jake Scott with you from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton across the glass from me. And joining us safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, the bathrobed Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. No, not at all, man. I am. Uh, I have been active today. Well, you can you can be active in a bathrobe. How so? I don't know. I I used to wear a bathrobe everywhere back in the day. See, when you get up in the morning, if you stay in your robe, uh, you just don't feel quite as nimble. You know, you don't feel prepared. You don't feel like you're ready to tackle the day. I have to. Uh, <laughs> I have to put some clothes on. You know, that's very undude. Well, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> have you seen the Big Lebowski? Have I have seen bits and pieces of it. I've never sat down and watched the whole thing. How are you, buddy? How are things? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, you know, I've had a slightly frustrating day, but uh, not not no, like in any re- in happened? any real sort of way. Oh, it, it's a very long story that I that I told in great detail to Austin earlier, so I'm sure he doesn't want to hear it. But uh, uh, we were replacing my wife's license plate. No, full details. <laughs> the listeners deserve them. Uh, it's epic. So, okay. Same language you told me in two. I, I don't know who um, initially put the screws on my wife's car for her license plate. But I'll get to this in a bit. It, it was a they failed, and my wife's front license plate fell off. Just gone in the wind, fell off. Probably you know, smuggling drugs to North Dakota by now, right? <laughs> so my wife, uh, my wife calls and says, you know, this is what happened, and uh, they say, okay, well we'll we'll send you new license plates and uh, we'll get those in the mail for you. But also you should know that we've got to report your old one stolen. And mm. so my wife said, well, how long in, until the new ones get here? And they said, oh, we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, well, what happens? What happens if I get pulled over in the meantime? And they said, oh, just explain. Just explain. Just, to, just well, explain. Well, why couldn't she? Do, why couldn't she just keep her same plate on the back? Well, because the the other plate might be doing something else. <laughs> so anyway, the the license Trust issues. I know the the license plates arrived um, yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, we thought we should probably get those right on the car uh, right. as to not get pulled over and uh, and arrested, as 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 happened to a good friend of mine. Um, so I, uh, I go out there and, uh, we need to obviously replace the screws on the front license plate entirely. And on the back license plate, um, I pulled out the screws on the back license plate and they're three different screws. 
They're different, like entirely different screws. Different length, different type. Did you get one of those ones that has uh, has all these different sides on it that you can't, you have no tool to to function with it? Properly? Well, no, 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 that wasn't an issue. And you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself here because I, there's a trip to the hardware store before I get to this point. <laughs> So uh, I know I have to replace screws in the front uh, license plate. So I go to my local hardware store and I I say, hey, I'm looking to replace a license plate, thinking that the screws would be standard. Mm -hmm. So I buy actually packaged. It says on the package license plate screws. (laughs) So I take them home Mm. and they work on the front license plate. They work. And I get to the back license plate. I take those screws off. And, of course, they don't work on the back license plate. They're I, too, is it too small? Too whatever. I don't know. So they won't screw they in? They won't or? screw in. Yeah. They, they won't go in. So I, I, I look at the screws. Can you drill I, them in? Can you drill them no, in? No. Like, Gordon, they're not going in. They're not the right size. What do you mean drill them in? <laughs> drill them right into that bumper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what? So I, I go, okay, well, I, I, th- this is when I discover I have a different screws that have pulled out of the back license plate. Like, I don't know what they have in common, but they're different screws. Well, oh, what you do is you take them off and you take them to the hardware store and say, hey, do you have a screw like this? So I'm getting there, Gordo. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. So I take the screw that I think is right to the hardware store. Where I pull the, uh, you know, the pictures on the front of the drawers. I know you don't, but people out there know what I'm talking about. There's, oh, a, there's a picture of the screw on the, because they've got a zillion screws. There's a, there's a picture, and I'm, I'm closing one eye, and I'm trying to size it up. <laughs> I'm trying to get the right one. I get what I think is the right one. I, I check out, and I, <laughs> and I go home. How much are screws going for these days? Like 12 cents if <laughs> if they're not packaged and labeled license plate screws, then all of a sudden they're like eight bucks. <laughs> so I, I go I, I, I go back to the store and I, I approach the person who was somewhat too busy to help me before. <laughs> and I said, please, sir, please, would you help me find this screw? I've been in here three times, three times to try and and get a license plate. I told him, I told him, I said, listen, if this doesn't work, I'm gluing this darn plate on. (laughs) So he helps me. He he gives me the screw and he says, this is what you need. This is it. This is it. I don't want to see in here. In fact, he didn't even make me go through the rigmarole of the return with the register. You kissed him right on the mouth. He just handed me the screws and said, go, please go. And I don't want to see you again. Okay. I know I'm trying to do a business here, but I don't want to. I don't want to see you. <laughs> so I go home, and I go, and the screw doesn't fit. Wow. And and it was at this point a little a little tear burst burst from my eyes. <laughs> Is it too small or too big? Now here's uh, here's the. Oh, I'll get to that too. Hold on. <laughs> So here's the problem. While I'm doing this, I'm also, uh, my wife is very type A, so she's, she's weighing in on every little decision. And at the beginning, <laughs> she said, why don't you just take my car down to the hardware store, and that yeah, way you can do all this there. I thought the same so thing. just because she suggested it, I automatically rejected it, of course. <laughs> and it is at this point that I decide, okay, maybe she was onto something, and I should just drive her car down there, go back into the hardware store, go up to the guy, and I said, Dear sir, 
The same guy. This did not. Well, somebody else tried to help me, and I was like, no, 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 no. There's someone else who's familiar with my problem. So I go up to him, and I said, can you please, please? And he looks at him, and he says, no, this, this is the right one. I said, no, 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 I beg to differ. It's not the right one. It's not the right one. And then uh, his coworker from the peanut gallery goes, oh, maybe it's metric. And the guy goes, huh, I never thought of that. And then looks at me and says, what kind of car do you drive? I said, it's a Honda Pilot. He goes, well, of course it's metric. <laughs> it's at this point that I got the, I got the screws that I needed and, and got the, the mission accomplished after four Trips to the hardware store. Four. You know, there might have been another way. I don't want I don't I don't want to hear any suggestions. I don't want to hear you tell me how to do it. I don't I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to hear I just wondered Captain, what would have happened had you taken the car back to where she purchased it from? For license plate screws? You want me to take yeah. it to the dealer? Excuse <laughs> oh, me. I mean, they, so do no. license plate screws fall under the warranty? <laughs> License plate screws. No, but they would have known what kind of screw they put in there. I am I am not. Listen, you know my proximity to the hardware store. I'm two blocks away from the hardware store. I'm not driving my wife's car down to a dealer for license plate screws. I'm not doing that. Well, they wouldn't have charged anything. They would have come right out and said, yeah, this is it. We got them. Boom, done. That would be like the faucet being on in the kitchen and me calling a plumber and saying, you got to get out here. You well, it sure get out took you a long time and, to and turn the faucet this. off. Yes, I, I admit to my stupidity here, but I am telling you on <laughs> sheer principle alone, I am not taking the car to a dealer for license plate screws. I'm not doing it. Well, you know, and, the and lesson... why would the front be different from the back? <laughs> why would that? Why would that I be a thing? Know. Why would the front <laughs> be different from the back? I don't Explain know. Explain that it's... to me. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Maybe Honda doesn't expect to have front license plates or something, so they have to adjust that in somehow. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm telling you this. I, I don't think I have uh, front uh, license plates on my cars. You're supposed to, I guess. So. I don't know. I don't know. Huh. I don't oh, care. Anyway. I don't care. She you had know, to switch the license plate on both because she lost one of them. And again, yeah, it's probably yeah. on a cocaine car bound for New York. <laughs> So we had to. Okay. We had to switch. Okay. Wait. 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 So, I guess what I learned from this whole story is you should have listened to your wife the first time. Probably, but I don't want to hear that advice either. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> You're like the guy who refuses to stop to get directions. By golly, well, I guess that's not a thing anymore. With everyone's got the their cell phones or whatever. Don't but, uh, I remember when, when that wasn't a thing and we were hosting the show together and every remote I could expect a phone call. <laughs> Jake, where is this place? Where, where, this is ridiculous. Where, just can you, can you talk me in? Can well, you, at least I know how to screw a license plate in. Oh, wow, the personal shots. I guess the turnabout is fair play. Yeah, I don't know. It shouldn't have taken me that long. I was very frustrated with my own... You know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'd like to think I could, you know, screw a license plate on the back of a car. Well, I don't like every this. other red blooded American out there. But yeah. if you took the screw in, you know, and showed it to him, shouldn't he have recognized uh, the type of screw it was? 
Listen, one whole trip was wasted on this, Gordon. I, I went in there, and the guy was somewhat busy, and I didn't want to wait. I thought any moron can match a screw. <laughs> so, yes, forgive me for thinking, like, sure, I'll match this thing up. And I was unsuccessful, and I learned that, that yes, failing to match a screw is a thing. But Sound then he failed, it? too. At least he failed, too. I thought I was going to yeah. have... Uh, I thought I was going to lose my mind when he said, oh, metric. I was like, oh, bah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, he screwed that one up. Wow. Boo. All right. Well, it is a game day. We probably should talk some basketball. So nah. uh, I apologize for my long-winded <laughs> story. But I, I was a, a tad frustrated. I feel better now, though. We're talking. Sometimes, sometimes it's the little things that get you. You know, right. Just little things. Because you think, obviously, you felt like you should have been able to handle that quickly, cleanly, without a problem. In and, what? Uh, in f- five minutes? Ten? <laughs> oh, I think man. I spent the better, better part of my whole morning on this. Uh, but anyway. Well, I'm glad you got it. I'm glad you got it figured out. Um, so I, my suggestion to you is if you ever have car trouble, engine trouble or anything... Leave it to the experts. I agree, but let's not compare screwing on a light, uh, uh, screwing <laughs> on a uh, license plate, to you know. Thank goodness it wasn't a light bulb. Rehauling an engine. <laughs> well, next week, stay tuned as Jake has to replace the light bulbs in the house. Wait, it's alarming <laughs> to me that you would suggest take it to the dealer for something so simple. Is well, that alarming to anybody else? Wait, is it alarming no. that he suggested it? Yes. Or that anyone is like, suggesting no, it? No, that, su- that he suggested it does not alarm which me. Which means his solution would be, well, just take it to the dealer well, for something that there was 12 cents of screws. But when you're driving $100 million worth of car, you do take it to the dealer. It just seems to me like they could have figured And, you, you know, they, it's not even that you need them to do it, but they can guide you in the right direction. And, and especially if you said to them, you know, this is this screw isn't working, and they say, "Oh, here, well, we got a couple, boom, done." Mm. Well, I, I'm anyway. not, I'm not uh, doing that. I, I have too much pride for that. <laughs> whether it's whether it's you're going to go back and forth to that hardware store. What did I do all the day? That's long. what I did. <laughs> okay. I actually well, you could have got you could have got your wheelbarrow and taken it on down to the hardware store and filled it up with screws and brought it back. Because you know, walking in the heat is something that I need to add to this. Yeah, great idea. I went on a two mile walk in the heat today. Good. I was pretty proud of myself. That was nice. A decent accomplishment. Yeah, that's a that's a lengthy walk. Well done. I wasn't about to walk to the hardware store. That wasn't happening. Oh, you were driving back and forth. I was. Yeah. But you weren't going to drive your wife's car. <laughs> no, wasn't going to do it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> was not going to yeah. do it. You know, Austin, this is so believable that Naz uh, is sitting there going, uh, "Honey, just take my car on down there," and Jake's saying, "No, nah. First of all, she does not call me honey. That is that is not a thing <laughs> with she and I. What does she call you? And don't say, I'm not going to say, you know, bowler. What, what what does she call you? What's does she have a? Not really. We're not a little nickname for you. We're not really pet name people, to be honest. <laughs> that sounds like a lie. No, I'm 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 not kidding. Snookums. No. Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. <laughs> See, it's so embarrassing that he does. He just says, "No, we don't even use them." 
I, I really don't. I re- we're not really pet names. No, certainly her? not You're... anything traditional like honey or anything like that. Does she call you pet? <laughs> no. No, we we just stick with names. What do you do, Austin? Uh, we do a lot of... Uh, see, our text names, if we're texting each other, there's some babes and babies in there. We never mm. say those words, though, because we're not Sharon Sonny. So uh, <laughs> I don't own a velvet suit and, and, and things like that, or Age of Aquarius lighting. So you don't say, hey, babe, or you don't say, you know, hey, sweetie. Hey, I might honey. say sweetie. I might say uh, honey, but that's about it. Oh, anyway. I would. It's mostly wit in Austin. <laughs> if I and said, lately we've switched to mommy and daddy so that the kid learns how to say yeah. these things. If I called my wife sweetie, it would be met with a... a, a with some anger mixed with suspicion. You're not calling her toots. <laughs> Sweetie is endearing. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it, it would, it, I'm, I'm maybe anger just be a small part of it, but she'd be like, what? Hmm. Do you, you like calling when, me that? Do you like when she calls you? I guess she never has called you. She doesn't, no, she doesn't do it. Would it matter to, to you if she did? Would it make you feel good? No. Okay. I like getting I called little little sugary I names. I, okay. I think you're missing out, Jake. Um, you know, because I can call okay. you Jake. Austin can call you Jake. So if Naz calls you Jake, uh, doesn't she have something a little special for you? I mean, at least it's not coworker. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. She brings a lot to the table. I don't need a. I don't need a a, a sugary nickname to make myself feel good. <laughs> Okay. You know, I'm not being like we. You know, could you could you call me honey? It really make me feel better about myself. No, not not a thing. How do we get down this road? We we I really do have basketball to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we do. Should we, we do. should right. we get down to business? Yes. All right, uh, Austin. Let's get to the split story of the day. Went to the wrong page here. Hold I see. I see that will happen. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Chris Manick, Sports Illustrated, covering the bubble. Chris, do you think it's possible for Donovan Mitchell to be a superstar in this league? He's almost already there. He's such a gifted offensive player, and his defense is certainly coming along. We all heard the comparisons to Dwayne Wade early in his career, and you can see a lot of that. Dwayne had some outstanding postseason games games as well and Donovan is starting to kind of put himself into that tier now ultimately your superstar status is measured by playoff success if you you know can't get out of the first the second round it's going to be hard to define you that way but the numbers he's put up in the regular season the numbers he's putting up right now he's trending in that direction absolutely that's our friend Chris Maddox from yesterday it's your split story of the day Sven very funny he says it's very formal in Jake's house it's strictly Mr. or Mrs. Scott I wish it was. <laughs> Madam? I really, I really wish it was. All right, uh, Donovan Mitchell. No doubt Gordon has taken it to the next level. This afternoon in the bubble in Orlando, he and the Jazz can finish off the Nuggets and really uh, upset by, by most accounts their way into the second round. Yes, uh, and this is where, just like Chris was saying, this is where your great players have to step up. And he's been stepping up every game. So will this one be different? But this, this, I mean, these these kinds of closeout games are really, you know, that's where the cream rises to that top, and you got to get uh, you got to get the job done because the Jazz don't want to mess around with this. 
They've got good momentum going through this. What they've been doing is working. Keep doing it and uh, work hard. And that's what that's what Quinn wants them to do. I guarantee you that's what he's telling them to do today, just to go out and, and take care of their business. They don't have to get fancy or anything like that. The thing that's interesting to me is how will the Nuggets defend the Jazz? Will they switch? Will they try and do group defense or will they stay home? And uh, and make uh, you know make Donovan Mitchell go for forty points. I mean, I I, I don't know what they're going to do. It could go either way. So I I like it that you went there, Gordon, because I I do think that the Jazz are a story because they're playing so well and Donovan is on a different level. But I think the big story in today's game is what Denver Nuggets team shows up. I mean, are they going to show up and and fight for uh, for their playoff lives? Are they going to roll over? Um, is it going to be what is there going to be a new strategy that they have not tried because they've tried pretty much everything and and the jazz have been very successful against it offensively i I'm curious to what nuggets team we see today in the bubble i I don't know if I expect the jazz to continue to shoot the ball as well as they have but i I expect them to play well today and you're hundred percent right it's the old decision Jerry Sloan had to make back in the finals, right? Similar thing where he said, am I going to let Michael Jordan beat me or am I going to let the rest of the Bulls beat me? Because it's kind of an and or or kind of thing. Denver has to make that decision. Am I going to play Donovan straight up and risk him going 50 again? Because that's what they did in game four, but they almost won, right? They almost won game four. So do they go that direction or do they go the other direction where Donovan is allowed to basically pick them apart with his teammates and Mike Conley goes nuts because we've yeah, seen the, both of those outcomes. So what does Denver do? Yeah, and the fact you brought, you brought up Conley there, both of them have the, the capability to read the floor and deliver the ball where it should go. And uh, that's that's a huge advantage to have two guards who can do that, who can either take their man or can uh, – can can deliver it if uh, if it gets crowded all of a sudden, and and both of those guys have been so hot, so accurate that uh, that you have to honor that, and it gives opportunities to other guys. I, I imagine that's what's going to happen, but I'm I, I don't know. I I'm not sure which way uh, Mike Malone's going to go with that. Now, Gordon, there has been some fake news media controversy today. Wow. Uh. Uh, some ESPN, now help me with this, Austin, uh, some ESPN app, or is it ESPN.com itself? It was the ESPN mobile app. Yeah. Later, ESPN.com. Both have since taken it down, though, whatever you're so about to say. So they, uh, they reported, I guess, that Jamal Murray was going to be out for today's game. As Austin mentioned, they've since taken it down, and I'm guessing uh, fake news. The the Nuggets sideline reporter Katie Wing on Altitude TV went to Twitter and said it's expressly untrue and inaccurate. Why would it be true? I didn't see anything happen to him. Did you? No. So, I don't know. Other than a case of the pouts. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a, a surprise to me if, mm. uh, if that were the case, especially when, you know, possible last game of the year. You're down yeah. there anyway. I mean, what else are you going to be doing, right? Right. So I yeah, don't know, but that that seems to be a not correct report. And there is, you know, from a curiosity standpoint, okay, which way are they going to go strategically? But really, I circling back to what you said, it's up to the Nuggets to put up the kind of effort that is necessary to give them a chance. And will they do that? I don't know. They did in the last game. They didn't in the two previous games. 
and will they today? They're down 3-1. Usually when you're down 3-1, your odds of winning are so so small, I mean, winning the series. Uh, and that thought is in their minds. Yep. And that's where you see uh, really great players step up and, and make a difference in either direction, either to close it out or to keep it alive. And and I, it's hard to predict what you're going to get out of the Nuggets today. This is why I guarantee you that Quinn Snyder has told his team to get out to a quick start. If they get out early, that's the way to close out a game, and that that's what will give them a huge advantage. Because I can can you imagine if the Nuggets are down 15 going into the half? How what's going to happen in the second? Well, you know, start thinking about. Uh... Madagascar or wherever you're headed in the off season. <laughs> Is that where Jamal Murray has a vacation villa? I'm not so sure, but I'd like to go there if money were no object. That'd be pretty cool. Um I wonder, Gordon, see here's the thing. I don't I don't know if it depends on the energy level of the Nuggets as much as it does Mike Malone. And I'm kind of debating this out of my own mind uh at the moment. But does Malone come up with something that's gonna provide more resistance? Because like I what? Uh, I don't know, what, but what is, is he? he I, I, I'm not so. I'm not sure, but because I keep coming back to this in this discussion that we had yesterday, Denver had almost their perfect offensive game. Mm-hmm. They did not lose that game because they didn't play well offensively. I mean, they right. I mean, Jamal Murray yeah. goes for fifty. I mean, they were really good. What did Jokic have? Twenty nine. Yeah. Uh, 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 on 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 fifty percent shooting, twelve of 30 percent from three for Jokic, eighteen of thirty one from Jamal Murray. I mean. Man, that's awesome. They they played. They scored 127 points in regulation. I mean, that's about as well as I think Denver can play offensively, and they still lost. Meaning that that defense, you could say, is a big part of the reason they lost because they didn't stop the Jazz either. So here's why I'm a little mad at myself for buying into Denver finally more than I should have because I've been resisting it for a long time. And this is where we should have seen this coming, and we didn't, and we should have. Is in in the playoffs, Gordon, you still have to play. You got to find a way to play defense. You have to. You can't skate by like you can in the in the regular season because everybody's playing hard in the playoffs, and teams are playing their best, and they're going to put up some resistance. And Denver just doesn't have the defensive players to do it. And so maybe we should have seen this coming because how are they going to stop the Jazz? The Jazz could stop themselves, may, uh, them themselves, themselves. Maybe they go ice cold. Maybe they revert back to last year's, uh, like the last year's series versus the Rockets, where they couldn't throw it in the ocean. But it won't be because Denver did anything different. I wouldn't think, right? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, I just wonder what what does Mike Malone have in his arsenal that he can employ at this point that's really going to make a difference. Yeah, Get I agree. physical, knock guys over. Who's going to do I that? Mean, I, I mean, in the old days, that's what somebody would have done, right? But, I mean, like, they they just don't have players that, that do that. Their players that do that are, are sitting on the bench. And, well, well and remember, the bench, but... in the last game, they fouled a lot in that game. Well, they had 24 personal fouls. And the Jazz went to shot 36 free throws, was it? Yep, 31 to 36. So, and the Nuggets had less than half that many, so I mean, how how what? I don't know, I don't know what his options are at this point. 
Uh, two, two things about dominating this game with your star players. If the Nuggets are going to depend on Jamal Murray and Jokic to get the work done, let's say Jamal Murray steps out on the court and says, okay, my team is dead without me. I'm going to shoot like I was, and I'm going to pick up right where I left off in the last game, and I'm just going to go berserk. And maybe he'll have a high percentage. Maybe he won't. But if he does that, will his teammates kind of droop? Will they, you know how sometimes when one guy goes off like that, the other players just sort of, okay, he's going to do it. And I'm not sure that's going to be overly productive. On the other hand, if Donovan Mitchell goes out and plays well, and he did this in the last game, I think he had, didn't he have like nine of the Jazz's first 13 points or mm-hmm. something and 13 of the first 22 or so? Yeah. Uh, that, that set the tone for the team, and it didn't det- distract or detract from the rest of the guy's efforts. And I, I thought that was really – it gave him a lift. And this team is – everything is really uh, – what's the word? Uh, in the day of the pandemic, I don't want to use the word contagious, but that it's almost like when one or two of them get going, everybody gets going. And that that's a very healthy thing, and it would be very healthy for them today because I think it's it would tear the heart out of the nuggets and you would see them – them droop. On the other hand, maybe the Nuggets are more than what I think they are, and maybe they have more fire in them than than I think they do, and that could be possible. I mean, I don't know, and I don't know whether the Jazz have gotten fat-headed over their success to this point, or whether they're just feeling so confident that they feel like they can't miss and they're just going to roll. All right, we'll continue to talk Jazz basketball. We'll morph into the pregame show coming up at three thirty tip-off. Lock and Boone will have it all for you coming up at uh, 4.30. But until then, it is the big show. We roll on uh, next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Uh, band of the Day today is Tool, in honor of me, selected by Austin, and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to livenation.com. My little dilemma today. Yeah, not that you're a tool, just Thank to you. clarify. <laughs> I just realized maybe that came across the there wrong way. There was some tool-like behavior today. <laughs> just you, you could have used better tools. Yes. I could have, yeah. yeah, Better better something. That's for sure. Uh, don't forget, 3.30, Jazz pregame takes over. Quinn Snyder is going to address the media around 2.55. So we're going to uh, carry that maybe towards 3 o'clock, depending on uh, when Coach Snyder is available. So we'll, uh, we'll get some pregame sound from Coach. And uh, I'm with you, Gordon. I, I think that Coach Snyder will probably have his uh, his team focused on on uh, taking care of business. Uh, I've I've been very impressed with Quinn Snyder in this uh, series. I mean, we've he's very impressive overall. He's done a great job with the team. There's no doubt. But Mike Malone is a coach who I think is pretty good. And uh, Coach Snyder's gone toe to toe with him and has has out coached Mike Malone in my opinion in this series. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, and the proof is in the pudding. I mean, look at the results. And the way the Jazz have gone about their business, they've, they've okay, they lose the first game in overtime. The second game, 
well in hand. The third game, an absolute blowout embarrassment. The Jazz are just hitting on all cylinders. And then the fourth game is different, uh, more like the first game, and yet the Jazz had learned their lesson and learned how to stay steady down the stretch. And they took care of business the way they had to in a tight, tight game. And sometimes teams that, that are beating an opponent by wide margins – uh, you're not sure how they would handle a situation where they had lost uh, in, in a tight encounter in the first game. And that was the case during the regular season, too. So the Jazz have absolutely uh, sailed in a different direction. Yeah, they have. And, and I'm impressed that they've also reformed their offense without Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. You know, let's not forget that, that he had to do that on the fly in those bubble games. And the, those bubble games are kind of funny because I, I think they approached it the right way where their their record didn't really mean much. They had to figure out how this team was going to look without a very key component. And then at the same time, basically have an open tryout for players that are on the back part of your roster if, you know, the case arises where they, they need to go in and make an impact a la Juwan Morgan because you knew that uh, the Mike Conley uh, situation with his new son, that was uh, coming at some point. And the way they handled the bubble games, I think, was, was especially in hindsight, when we look back on it, I think it was really smart. Because I think they figured out some of their offensive stuff, how they were going to proceed, who was going to be able to contribute. And then when the time came in the, in the playoffs to put it all together. And I think we're seeing the, the result of that. Yes. Uh, yeah, I agree with that completely. So what happens now? What happens now? This is one more step in the sort of ever-evolving journey of the Jazz. Uh, I can't remember. When was the last time they were up 3-1 in a series? Uh, Mm. It was a a long time ago. And so some of the players, uh, like Donovan Mitchell and uh, Rudy Gobert, they've they've never been in this situation before. So how will they react to it? Wow, were they up? Were they up 3-1 on Golden State that year they went to the conference finals? In 07, was it? 08? What year was that? The Baron Davis Warriors. Remember that upset Dallas in the first round? And the Jazz got them that that year? Yeah, it might have been. I I can't remember. Because their first round series, for the most part, have been really competitive as well. You think back to this Denver team uh, a few years ago where all those uh, matchups with the Rockets, they were all close. Well, the point is that none of the guys who are on the team now, I mean, Mike Conley may have found himself in that situation before, but certainly as a group, they haven't. And so it's a it's a new discovery. How will they react? Will they react with, uh, with uh, fury and go out there and just put the hammer on this team? Or will they fiddle-faddle around? Or is there some complacency that's crept in? I I wouldn't expect that. I haven't seen any hint of it, but... Uh, well, you know, they got to prove it on the floor again. Yeah, there's there's no uh, no doubt about that. But it, the good news is they have three bites at the apple. Yeah, yeah. But and I know you can't to... think that way. I get it, but I'm not playing, yeah. so I can't think that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can show up and have an off shooting night and still be able to to rebound. In a sense, they've earned that luxury in this series. And and let us not forget that the other team is good, too. I mean, Denver, we're bagging on their defense because it's terrible, but they're not a bad team. I mean, you've still got to show up to beat this team. So, But they've given themselves the luxury of, of a little bit of, of flexibility. And they've done that by winning three games in a row in a playoff series, which is not easy to do. 
Well, I think the the thing that stands out above everything else in this series has been the Jazz's offense. <laughs> Did you think they had this in them without Boyan Bogdanovich? Um, I, maybe, I, but we we, we did see little flashes of it during the year. Yeah, but that was with Boyan. It was, right? but I thought all along, and I, you and I have often agreed on this. I thought, you know, Boyan was great, but Conley was always the key. I mean, to making the the offense hum. Right. And I know that Bogdanovich made shots and and scoring twenty points a game. I'm not I'm not trying to downplay that at all, but he was still a role player, you know, and Mike Conley was supposed to be kind of that point guard that Quinn Snyder has been dreaming of since he took the job. And he was the one who was going to make the, turn the offense into that uh, sports car offense, something you would drive Gordon. And I think that's what we're seeing. I I think we're seeing not only has Donovan taken his game to extraordinary, uh, extraordinary levels, but I think we've seen Conley play really well. Like what, what you expected when you wrote, uh, about it at the trade deadline last year. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, feels like 10 years ago at least. <laughs> well, this is what everyone... When, 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 last offseason, when the Jazz were the buzz, there was a big buzz about the Jazz running the league. No, Guys the, the bees were the buzz. They still should be the buzz, but, you know, I thought that was a pretty cool name. Well, and then the Stingers were there in the middle. They were the buzz, too. But the bees is the traditional name. So Bad joke. Sorry. Bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I just totally derailed you. What was I right, saying? Right I off the track. I can't, I can't remember what I was saying. <laughs> you you usually do this to me. Oh, I feel so good that uh, <laughs> it's happening the other way. Oh, man. Oh, you were saying, find the right Gordon? screw for your license plate, and you <laughs> oh, just screwed me up. Come on. Mm. Come on. Yeah. I shared that story because I thought you'd find it entertaining. It Not was. that I was opening the door to personal shots for the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, man. I'm whatever sorry for interrupting your train of thought. Uh, whatever I was going to say, I'm sure it was profound. Just brilliant. I know. You're really on a, you were on a good track. Yeah, who I feel sorry for as a listener because you robbed them of uh, whatever bit of wisdom that was coming, but... It doesn't really it matter. Uh, I apologize. All right. We want to remind you about our friends at Zebra Res. A clean home is a healthy home. And right now, Zebra Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Mention Jake from the zone when you call and get a fourth room for free. Call Zebra Res today, 801-288-9376. Coming up next, we're hoping to get you Quinn Snyder's media availability. Stay tuned. The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Want to remind you, we're going to be live from the warehouse on Friday, Gordon, 1825 South, 300 West, the Brands make a new Salt Lake location, and it is very nice. Looking forward to being back there. You know, our, our, our seats here in the studio aren't bad these days, but uh, it's nothing like uh, what Tom usually has for us there at the warehouse. <laughs> Can be on yeah, some I'm sort of worried. recliner. 
I'm always worried about your, uh, you know, your awareness when you're down there because I'm afraid you will uh, be so comfortable that you will disappear. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. We're waiting on uh, uh, Coach Quinn Snyder to do his pregame media availability. We'll get to to that coming up in uh, a couple of minutes. But can I share to you a a tweet? This this is NBA related, but not jazz related. But uh, I saw this yesterday from Tim Kawakami. He sent this out talking about the Kings. Sure. So the Kings had picks on the board, but did not take in 2009 Steph Curry. In 2011, Kawhi Leonard, 2013, the Greek Freak, 2015, Devin Booker, and 2018, Luka Doncic. So those players were all taken after the Kings had a pick, all right? You ready for who they picked instead? <laughs> Uh-oh. Tyreek Evans in 2009 instead of Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. The Jimmer in 2011 instead of Kawhi Leonard. Ben McLemore in 2013 instead of Giannis. Willie kind of Collie Stein in 2015 instead of Devin Booker and Marvin Bagley in 2018 instead of Luka Doncic. Well, that's not exactly a sterling record, is it? But uh, they weren't the only teams that were passing on those guys. No, they they weren't. But at at some point, you've got to make like accidentally make the right pick, right? (laughs) You would think so. I mean, this is what you're paid to do. You're supposed to be an expert in this regard. However, it is a bit of a crapshoot because, like I said, other so-called experts kind of screwed up too. Right, and that's what makes the the job of you know GM or or in the front office player personnel you know those it makes it really difficult not only to do but to evaluate right because you're not going to be one hundred percent nobody ever is. But how high is your hit rate, and what picks did you use to do it? You know, Dennis Lindsay. By getting uh, by getting Rudy Gobert, for example, where he did in a, a trade with the Nuggets, ironically enough. I mean, he, he bought himself some draft latitude, right? But we think that Dennis is pretty good at it, yet he's all, he also traded up to get Trey Burke. I mean, it, it's, it's impossible to be 100%, but you need to hit at least as much as you miss, especially if you have good picks. And you would think... At some point, Sacramento would have made the right selection there, or at least some sort of savvy move. At at worst, some of these players didn't even make it to their second contract with the Kings, let alone became become a legendary player like Steph Curry or Kawhi Leonard. Do you think the Nuggets think about that when they see Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert play? Yes. Yes, I do. However, do you think that really sticks in their craw because they've got some nice young players and they've made good decisions otherwise, but those two weren't the best of them. No, but I bet, I would guess if you talk to them in Denver, they regret the Donovan one more so than the Rudy one. Because they have have Jokic? Yeah, I mean, what if they would have taken Rudy and not drafted Jokic, or or that could have altered that position, you know? Yeah. Uh Although, who would you rather have? Well, I one or the other, you know, you're still, you're still doing fine. You know what I mean? But yeah. with with Donovan, I mean, it was two players, I think, and I'm trying to remember both of them. One, obviously, uh, Trey Lyles, and then they they traded a pick that turned into somebody. It turned into Trey Lyles and somebody else who's still who's not on the roster for Donovan Mitchell. And if you look at it that way, it's like, oh man, and that was high enough that it's still in the lottery. 
Yeah, and the Jazz, they made really good, uh, really good decision with those two, and they spotted something. However, I remember talking with Frank Layden about the, you know, the picking of John Stockton, and he said, don't give us too much credit, man. If we knew he was going to be that good, we would have traded way up to get him, yeah. you know? Sure. I mean, they were, they might have been a bit surprised, too, although they did show some faith. But the Jazz also took Trey Lyles over Devin Booker. Um, so there are, you know, it, it, nobody's batting a, a thousand on this one. I mean, it's just well, part of it too. It, it's too difficult. Part of it too, when you're picking in the middle of the draft, you have to have vision. You know, some of those like like comparing leaving Kawhi on the board, for example, and and uh, well, they took Jimmer, but leaving so many teams left Kawhi on the board because fourteen th- teams they did didn't not see. Pick him. He was a power forward coming out of San Diego State. You remember? I mean, he was very good. I mean, he was an NBA first-rounder. He obviously was really good at what he did. People wondered about his shot. Yeah, he was a rebounder and and kind of an in-the-paint player. And it took the the vision from San uh, San Antonio to say, okay, we can take that athletic prowess and we can change that into a modern-day NBA machine. And that's exactly what they did. You have to be able to visualize that. Yeah. And some of it is reading someone's mind. And their mindset yeah. and their willingness to work because some guys have it and some guys don't. And you're not always sure what, who has what. All right. We're still waiting on Coach Schneider. Why don't we step aside here for a moment? Uh, we'll get to Coach's media availability coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. <laughs> This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Hoping to hear from Quinn Snyder coming up here shortly. Want to remind you of The Big Show is going to be at the warehouse on Friday. We'll be there from 2 to 6. Price is so low to blow your mind. Their new Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West. Come on by and uh, see us. I've got good news for me, Gordon. What's that? We've got the TVs back working in the studio. <laughs> what do you know? What do you oh, say? Good. I'm looking good. at the feed from Orlando as we speak. The weather looks lovely down there. All right, we've in fact got Coach Snyder sitting down in Orlando. Let's uh, throw it to that. Alrighty, we'll go ahead and get started uh, today. First question will be from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Q, good to see you. Uh, I was just listening in on uh, on Coach Malone's pregame availability, and and he expressed kind of frustration, saying. You know, I'm wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt, and it doesn't matter. We have Black Lives matter painted on the court it doesn't matter these things keep happening do you sense any frustration from your players i mean obviously it's it's unrealistic to expect you know any kind of meaningful lasting change to happen while you guys are in the bubble but do you sense any frustration from the players that you know these situations do keep happening in spite of all their efforts to promote uh to promote social justice issues well i i think there there certainly um there is frustration there's there's disappointment. There's um, all those emotions. I, I think also in conjunction with that, there's resolve, and there's you know there's a a, a real commitment to trying to impact 
um, something lasting change that can can truly make a difference over time. And I think, you know, discussion from our guys about voting and, you know, how important it is to to commit to the voting process and in order to to really impact change. Those those people that you vote for are the ones that can represent you and hopefully, you know, create and pass the legislation, you know, whether it be in law enforcement and in other areas that can truly bring that change about. So um, hopefully all the things that are doing, you know, I'm incredibly proud of our players and and what they've done and what they continue to do and will continue to do. Um, so I think, yes, um, there's moments where you're at a loss, the, the things that are happening here, um, the, the, the events that continue to happen. Um, and I think, again, it's it's um, there's a determination uh, to continue to do the things we're doing to both raise awareness and, as I said, to help people vote and everybody vote. And that's That's been something that we've gone back to um, again and again. Okay, next question will be from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, those conversations with your players, um, are those mindfully happening like at shoot arounds or as, when you're together as a team, do you have to like make time to have those conversations and what are those like? Well, I think both. I think they're organic, you know, whether it be, you know, guys at dinner, um, you know, in the training room um, at various times when they're spending time together off the court, that that dialogue occurs. Um, I think it's also been important for us as a group, um, whether it be before practice, um, after practice, in shoot-arounds, um, to, to be mindful, all of us together, and to be aware and acknowledge the things that continue to happen. Um, and again, I, I think, you know, guys that have, are speaking in the media about how they feel and what they would like to see have happen. So, um, you know, it, it's going on in a lot of different ways. And I think, again, credit to the players that this is something that, you know, in spite of the fact that, you know, we're here in the playoffs and, and that dominates, um, you know, the majority of our time, um, I think there's a recognition. Um, I know Donovan mentioned the other day, let's continue to use the opportunities we have and the platform that we have, um, you know, to, to continue to fight these things and speak out against them. And the dialogue that they have and that, that occurs within the group, whether it be in a formal setting, um, you know, or on their own, um, continues to reflect that, you know, that resolve. Okay, last question, Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Quinn, admittedly, less importantly, uh, your four of your five starters have been in a similar game five up 3-1 two years ago against Oklahoma City. What's the value of just having been there before and doing something for a second time? I think experience oftentimes is your best teacher. I know, you know, every year is different. Every team's different. You know, we, we know all those things. And um, but to the extent that there are similarities um, that you can draw from um, that can either give you, you know, an additional perspective or reinforce the perspective and experience. I think all those things are helpful. And, you know, that game you referred to, I, I think we came out and played really well and ended up losing the game. Um, but again, to the extent that, that that was a different team, a lot of those guys aren't here. Um, but I know Donovan, for example, you know, the experience he's had in the playoffs, you know, I think he's been, you know, determined from day one and aware at the level that, that you have to play out to have success. And certainly he's, you know, he's hit that level and exceeded it. All right. Thank you, coach. 
All right, there you go, Coach Quinn Snyder. And uh, in that final answer, Gordon, talking about uh, something you were alluding to, experience in uh, being in this situation and being able to put a team away to look forward to the next round of the playoffs. Yeah, and we forgot that they were up 3-1 in that series. Yeah, we did. So that's our answer right there. Hmm. But uh, so they have had some of that. So we'll see if it pays off today. Well, uh, I I would guess we've seen this team pretty focused throughout this playoff series, even in game number one when they pushed it to overtime and played a good game, just came up a little short. They've been focused. They haven't really had a bad game in this series, Gordon, where you kind of go, oh, well, they didn't have it today. Right, right. And I, I thought that was a – Quinn used a really key word, I think, as he, was, as he was referring to Donovan Mitchell. He said he's aware and that's sort of what you have to have. You have to, did you notice after the last two victories that when Donovan was asked about them, he, it was almost like he was, yeah, okay, if you're going to ask me about it, I'll reflect upon it. But don't forget, we still, we still, got, we still got more to do. He, he kept saying that. He said that, I think, in darn near every session. And I, there is no awareness with this 23-year-old kid that he, he gets it. He, he knows what is required. Um, now, there are certain things he hasn't experienced yet. Yeah, he's been to the semifinals before, but once they get, if they get past to that level again and they have opportunities ahead, then we'll see how he does then. But it's almost like an, just an evolving process for the Jazz to figure these things out as they go. And foremost among them, the key to all of them, in my opinion, is Donovan Mitchell because he is the leader of this team. And if he knows the right things to say, if he knows the right ways to act, if he knows the example to set, it does bleed across to the rest of the team. Um, talking about Denver here for uh, for a second, Gordon, just some news and notes. We saw an ESPN report that Jamal Murray was going to be out. Uh, we have not seen that confirmed. Kind of sounds like a mistake to me, but that is out there. The other thing we don't know about is Gary Harris. And when Michael Malone was asked about it during his pregame media availability, he said he wasn't sure. Did not rule him out, however. Um, so that is a storyline, Gordon, although I'm not really sure how much. Gary Harris is a good player. He's a good defender. But he has not played a game in the bubble. He's He would be coming in cold, to say the least. Now, he has been practicing, but, I mean, I don't know how effective you could be coming in without playing in how many months. And uh, and go right up into a playoff game against Donovan Mitchell. That'd be a that'd be a tough task. Well, the Nuggets right now are looking for explanations, and sometimes those explanations turn into excuses. And I think there is some value to the idea that missing out on Gary and missing out on Will Barton is uh, there's some there's some value to that. I get it, but you can't rely on that stuff. And I mean it's. As we've watched this team play, uh, you evaluate the, the team as a whole. And I'm not sure. I mean, Gary Harris isn't LeBron James. No, he would have made a difference. So would Will Barton. I, I'm not saying it from an excuse standpoint. I'm more talking about the situation where, you know, say you're a Nuggets fan out there somewhere. You're thinking, oh, here comes Gary Harris to save the day. I, right. I don't think he would be capable of doing that. Maybe right. give him another, you know, body to throw out Donovan Mitchell. But uh, I mean, he hasn't played in how many months? I mean, how many minutes could he be expected to play? I mean, right. I, I don't. Uh, I'm not talking this really about this from an excuse standpoint. More a, you know, D- Denver will tell you they're playing with who they got, 
Uh, you uh, you bring not, it up uh, all the time. I mean, Bogdanovich isn't there for the Jazz. You know uh, how yeah. many uh, how many look at all of last year's playoffs. How many playoff series were decided because somebody got hurt? I mean, yeah. you don't you yeah. don't take credit away from anybody, but it is you know to quote now a famous phrase. It is what it is. And uh, I don't know even if Gary Harris were able to go, if it would alter much in this series or even this particular game. And I wasn't accusing you of that. I was just saying that some people are saying that. And if the Nuggets themselves are depending on it, then that could be problematic for them. Uh, you, you play who you got. And uh, there does need, I think it would be helpful for the Nuggets as a team, not just to have uh, an infusion of talent, but to have an infusion of energy, have an infusion of of determination that your back's against the wall, man. It's now or never. And it, I, I, I don't know where they are in that regard. We, de- we did see more life from them in game four. Where will they be in game five? I'm not exactly sure. And that's why I think it's so important for the Jazz to get off to a good start because I think if they do, then the Nuggets could be cooked. Like chicken nuggets? <laughs> uh, Is that what you were going yeah. for? Kind of. Kind of? Okay, sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm sometimes slow to pick up what you're putting down there. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, you can't cook gold nuggets. Or no. You? Well, you can melt know. them down. All right. I suppose so. You know, and that's how you get that. Uh, if you wanted to make a ring... Nice. (laughs) This show has just deteriorated. I'm getting a dirty look from Austin. I mean, if only there was a Game 5 playoffs to talk about tonight. (laughs) Instead of dumb nugget jokes. We'll morph into into pregame mode. I thought we were talking about the the game. (laughs) Coming up at at 3.30. But uh, as long as we're speaking more broadly here in the big show, Gordon, do you expect this series to be over today? I would expect the Jazz to win it, but I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it go the other way. I mean, can the Jazz really win four straight in decisive manner? And I think that last victory was decisive because of the way it happened, the way the determination we saw out of the Jazz as uh, as that lead they had started to shrink. They fought back, and I think that's great credit to them. So, so it could it could change, but that's not what I would expect if I had to pick. Yeah, I think uh, the Jazz get it done this afternoon. Uh, they're playing really well, and I, I'm not convinced Denver is going to be playing all that hard uh, tonight. We'll see, or this afternoon. We'll see. It is game one of back-to-back NBA playoff uh, games. Uh, Gordon, game two will be the Mavericks at the Clippers, and that uh, series is all tied up at two games apiece. Uh, some injury news for you. Uh, Damian Lillard has been diagnosed with a right knee sprain. He's going to miss game five against the Lakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not good. No, that's uh, disappointing. He's uh, He's been playing really well right now. The Lakers have a three games to one lead in that series. And um, I don't know who was it, Barkley, who predicted uh, an upset there. I don't know if I would have predicted that. I do think the Lakers have their weaknesses, but down 3-1, no Lillard. That's going to be rough for them tomorrow. That game's going to be at 7 o'clock uh, tomorrow. But today, a couple of uh, a couple of good games. What do you expect out of the, the Mavs and the Clippers today, Gordon? Boy. <laughs> that, that's a series. What's what's uh, Porzingis's uh, He's status? Out. He's out. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I would go with the Clippers. I would expect, but uh, I don't know whether you know is is Kawhi going to be on Doncic or is uh, somebody else going to be on? The Clippers should win 
by 20. <laughs> you cannot explain to me why the Clippers are not mopping the floor with this Dallas team without Chris Tapps Porzingis. As good as Luka Doncic is, I'm not taking it away from any of that because, wow, wasn't he electric. But you're the Clippers. And you you're going up Trey against Burke the. To go for 25? You're going up. Yeah, no. You're going up against the Bakersfield Jam with Luka Doncic. <laughs> Should never be losing. <laughs> Unbelievable. What what is Porzingis's problem? What 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 knee uh, soreness? And how, a soreness, or is it something that he could come back from anytime soon? I or? think he could come back, but soreness is is what they listed it as, uh-huh. I guess. And and you know what, Porzingis is good, and they still should be killing him. It's amazing that Dallas is, has this series at two games to two. And, and by the way, it could easily be, be three games to one. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Clippers are a better team, Let's you know, especially under these circumstances. So now they have to play like it. Yeah, they, they do. The Clippers have not come together. You know, in all this uh, regular season doesn't matter and, and load management and, and throw on top of that, of course, the shutdown, uh, the, the Clippers have not gelled together at all. That's not a, a cohesive team. And, and frankly, if, if Doc Rivers loses this series to the Dallas Mavericks, he should be, he should be you know, I don't know if I like uh, advocating for somebody to lose their job, but he shouldn't be allowed to have his job and leave the building. They are. They should so be overmatching the Mavericks right now. They should be dominating this series. It's amazing that they're not. Yeah, I'm surprised. And they'll likely play the Jazz in the second round, so maybe there's some uh, some matchups you could exploit. But I, I I can't believe that this series is tied up at two games apiece. Well, I've seen some crazy things happen in the playoffs, and obviously, if the Jazz win tonight, they'll be keenly. Uh, attuned to what's going on in that series, and I think they would much rather play the Mavericks, but not, they would never say that. But uh, oh, of course they would. That would be. Of that would course be a, they would. That would be a huge opportunity for them. To let me the let me ask final. you this: uh, if of all the basketball you've watched over the years, who's the best one man show you've ever seen? Not like like Michael Jordan. Those Bulls teams, they were good teams. I mean, like. One player and that's it. Wow. Well, generally when that happens, you don't have that good a team. Right. I don't think you could pick out a champion. I really don't. But what? what's, yeah. like, uh, I don't know. Boy. Some of those Allen Iverson Philadelphia 76ers teams weren't terrific yeah. around them. Maybe some of Barkley's teams. Ooh, Barkley's Philly teams for sure, right? Yeah. As much as you love Clarence Weatherspoon. <laughs> oh, we forgetting. That's quite a question. What do you think, Austin? Can you think of any? What, what's the best one-man team you've ever seen? Where you just look at it and be like, "Wow, that's all they got." Yeah, I, I don't the, think. Go ahead, Gordon. The closest I can think of might be uh, Lou Alcindor with the with the Bucks. Oh, Maybe that was my John, answer. Oh, was it? No, they they had John McLaughlin or whatever his name was back. Legend. Then. John was, McLaughlin. Uh, I think it was McGlin- McGlintock. I didn't think. he host Unsolved Mysteries, or was that somebody else? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I've right. never really thought about that before. What's the best one-man team that's, that's about, been out there? Maybe the, one of Wilt's teams. What about the Derrick Rose MVP season? Who else stands out from that roster in your mind immediately? Booze. Okay. Wasn't Booze on that team? In his MVP season, maybe. I Possibly. think he was. How about LeBron with the Cavs? 
LeBron yeah. with the Cavs. Yeah. yeah especially when Eric Snow is your starting point guard. Or, or I was thinking the last year they went to the finals. When Kyrie yeah. was gone and uh-huh. Jordan Clarkson was on that team, no offense to Jordan, but that was a, a one-man show. He got Tristan Thompson paid too. He did. Like who was that? Uh, who was that stiff of a center they tried to wheel out there and then got a big deal from the Clippers? <laughs> who am I thinking of? Timothy Mosgrove. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Wow. Okay, there's our answer. That might be it. Because that, that team at least went to the finals. It's, that's got to be it. That's got to be the one. But now it might be this Dallas team. <laughs> it's true when you really look at the roster. I know. Did you peek at the box score I from did. the other day? I did. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You have to try to get a team that bad. <laughs> What you said was the Bakersfield Jam. It's, it's terrible. I feel bad. The Utah Flash. You know, and I was thinking of of you talking uh, yesterday about uh, how well Trey Burke uh, played, or twenty six points, or whatever, and how is that possible? And it's because it's the the ideal role for Trey Burke. You're telling him, "Hey, Trey, we got nobody else. <laughs> we got we got nobody else." So when Luca doesn't have the ball, I guess you can take Do a shot. You want. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Why not? We got nothing else. It's your dream. It is. It's Trey Burke's dream. They should have the jibber on this team. The jibber would get shots. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough bagging Trey on Burke, Dallas. There, but just, there's, It brings back all kinds of memories. There's no way that the Mavericks beat the Clippers in a seven-round or a seven-game series. That should never happen. If they do, then the Clippers should be forced to take the walk of shame. I, I don't know what that is, but yeah, whatever it is, yes, that should happen. <laughs> Isn't that from uh, Game of Thrones? It is from Game of Thrones. But what, are you going to uh, strip Doc naked and make him walk through the middle of, of Los Angeles while somebody bangs a gong yelling shame? Is that what you're advocating for? You're the one that told me to watch that show. You know all about it. I know all about it, including that I just described that scene. I think scene. that's that's pretty brutal. I mean, I, I that's that's a horrible. Thing a little over the top. Yeah. Little all right, coach. You know what happens next. Not only do you lose your job, but hey, <laughs> hope you did your push-ups today because somebody's taking the walk of shame. You've seen Game of Thrones. Here we go. <laughs> oh, Steve Ballmer's man. like, don't look at me, man. I don't make the rules. Let's Which go. would you rather do, spend a year in prison or take the walk of shame? Oh, the walk of shame, for sure. Yeah, who's not even close? To I don't want to go to prison. <laughs> a year yeah, but... in prison? <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. I came up with a bad countermeasure. That's all right. We can't, we can't all come up with the perfect. How about a rather. day in prison? A day in prison or, or the, the walk, walk of shame? shame. I'd probably still taking the shame. You... Yeah. <laughs> you could sleep the day away. I'm not sleeping in prison. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Terrible Jake, plan. If I go, if I go for a day, I'm not sleeping. I'll tell you that right sounds now. Me like, it sounds to me like Jake's pretty proud. Pretty proud. Oh no, I just don't want to go to prison. <laughs> I'm not sleeping in prison. <laughs> Rule number one. Yeah, no, I really uh, no. It has man. nothing to do with my my confidence in anything. It has everything to do with my my real want not to experience prison. So if I had asked you, which would you rather do, spend a, a night in prison or peel off all your fingernails, you would have said peel off the fingernails. Yeah, I'm probably taking the fingernails. You're not? 
I don't know. I've never been to prison. I hope I never go. Well, that's not really I've answering always, the I've question, now, is it? I've always beaten the rap. <laughs> yeah, right. You've always, uh, you know, thrown somebody else under the bus. It was my tax attorney, I swear. <laughs> Shame. Shame on you. All right, Gordon, should we, uh, we'll switch into pregame mode. Uh, you think we could do the next. big show from a, a, a cell? No, I don't. Probably not. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's. Let's uh, give it a shot. I don't think that's wise. No. Nope. All right. I can't believe you'd be so willing to go to prison. Seems like you're really under uh, valuing the, that experience. No, I, I think it would be terrible. Uh, no doubt. I mean, but I don't know. I'm, not, I'm trying to think of whether I've even been in a jail or a prison. I don't think I have. If you but had I to have, go, I, if you had to experience one week of prison to keep your car, would you? Uh, a week? Yeah, they say uh, they they either say we're taking your car and you get nothing returned for it; it's just gone, or a week in prison. Uh, can I get one of those? Uh, can I get one of those? Uh, farm, farm-like prisons where you just, uh, you know, it's a little easier. I, I don't know what One this imaginary country, farm prison you're talking don't, about don't they is. Have but like no, country like, club prisons for you know white collar crime. No, we're that. talking like like federal penitentiary. <laughs> we're talking Leavenworth. Uh, that that would be that would be pretty frightening. But I do have great respect for those who go through, pay their debt to society, and come out and, and work their. I agree, but it doesn't mean they want to go back either. And that wasn't the point. The point is, would you uh, take a week in prison to keep your car? No. You'd let it go. You'd let yeah. the Ferrari go. <laughs> what if it meant me or Jake gets the car? Uh, what, what, that would make me happier. I'd rather no. you have no, it no, that's not true. What? <laughs> why? Why would I rather have someone else have it than you guys? Because you wouldn't have to see it every day. Exactly. <laughs> and I and sold- every time Austin and I got a ding in the door, you would a little piece of your soul would be gone. Well, that's because you guys don't know how to take care of cars properly. But uh, excuse me, saw- my last car had two hundred thirty thousand miles on it, sir. And Jake <laughs> well, that, went yeah, to the store like five it. times today for his wife's I car. Did. <laughs> that's great care. <laughs> did you see Jake's car? His old car. I mean, did, did, it looked like somebody took a hammer to it, and it ran forever. I'm not vain <laughs> like you. As long as it goes from point A to point B, I don't care. Give me a dirty look about my uh, my rusted outdoor. It's got nothing to do with vanity. It's everything to do with appreciating the driving experience. Uh, how many times I got to explain that to you? You you say tomato, I say vanity. No, it's you vanity. don't understand. You don't. We have listeners out there who understand, who love the driving experience, and they get it. But you either get it or you don't. And I happen to work with two guys who don't get it. Yeah, I've, I think never, Austin, I've never driven Austin a Ferrari. Austin kind of gets it. He's just playing along with you, Jake. Austin doesn't get it, uh, trust me. He, yeah, he does. I, I, he, I, he, I, he's, he drives a nice car. and he. My know, wife does. He, I don't. My wife does. And, the, and Austin's nice car is extremely practical. It is a very family-oriented vehicle. Yeah. Especially in this climate we live in. You can't find a better all-wheel drive vehicle. Well, my, you know, my cars are all-wheel drive, and they're they, and the family can ride in there. There's nothing about a car that costs that much that even remotely resembles practicality. And is that true? Is your is, are all your cars all-wheel drive? Mm, no, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, 
What size car seat could you get in the back of your car? <laughs> well, I used to have more of a problem with that with a former car, a couple of a couple of them, but I've 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 corrected that. And here come the open mics that we're very jealous, Jake. What happens every time we have this? No, you guys just don't. Jake accuses me of being vain, and he, it's got nothing to do. I don't give a flying, you know what, what anybody thinks about what I drive. But I'm the one doing the driving. I'm the one having the experience. I'm the one who enjoys it. See, I'm not jealous of the car per se. I'm I'm jealous of having that kind of scratch where I could, you know, make the decision to spend that on something else. Come on, guys. My cars aren't that expensive. I, I'll, I'll grant you I've had a car or two that, were, that fit into that category. But the ones I have now, it's not like they're... Right, right. Russian oligarchs look at those cars and go, oh, that's not that expensive. (laughs) I I did have a proud moment once, one time, one freaking time. And it was when my car was parked over at the uh, practice facility and a couple of jazz players came over and were looking at it. And I did not see this happen, but somebody else told me it did. And I thought, okay, that's good because those guys probably have good taste in cars. And I'm just going to point out that they probably don't do that with a Toyota Camry. Well, I could neither say yeah or no. Oh, yeah. See, the vanity comes out. It's okay. No, it's it's the one time. It was the one time. I don't care. I don't care what you think of the car. We don't care that you care. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) We're all friends here. No. All right. We're all friends Uh, here. We're all perfect humans. All the all the all the folks out there who love driving, will you come to my rescue here, please? Will you set these guys straight so they understand what I'm saying? It's not about bragging. It's not about showing off. It's not about being vain. It's not about trying to impress anybody. It's about loving to drive and loving the feeling of a good drive. It's about go up in the mountains and drive through the mountains and enjoy that experience. That nobody sees you doing that. Nobody's there when you're doing that. That's you having a great experience. Yeah, it's about the good feeling you get when you rub everyone's nose in the status that that car affords you. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with it because they're, they're not there. They don't even see you. All right, we're way over. Pre-game starts next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be I hate goodbyes. This thing is... That'll do, Pink. That'll do.